Welcome to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyond the Experiences. My name is Anand. I've Shrini here with me to speak with us about Azerbaijan. Hey Shrini, this is regarding your trip uh, to Azerbaijan. I've been fairly fascinated by the place here, yeah. uh, the land of fire as they call it. Possibly <laughs> part of it is because of it being the center of fire worshipping. Tell me about the place here. Yeah. Yes, the tagline of Azerbaijan tourism is the land of fire. In fact, the word Azerbaijan itself means the protector of fire in Persian. Azer means fire in Persian. Now, the name comes from it, uh, from it being the historical center of the fire worshippers. In fact, it is believed and most probably is true that the Zoroastrian religion actually originated in this region. Uh, just when you go to the east of Baku, uh, in this village called Surakhani in the Apsharan Peninsula, there's this amazing temple called the Temple of Ateshka. Ateshka means the house of fire in Persian. Ateshka, this temple, this region per se, has been a holy center in ancient times for the Zoroastrians and more recently for the Hindus and Sikhs. This I'll talk a little, maybe I'll get a chance to talk a little more about this later. Uh, in this temple, a fire burns continuously fueled by the natural gas which is leaking from the ground. In fact, there are many areas in this oil and gas rich region uh, where fire comes out spontaneously from the ground, like the burning mountain, which I will talk about a little later. Uh, hence, this region has been the center traditionally of the fire worshippers. And consequently, this fact lends, its, uh, lends itself to the name of the nation as a whole. With this context of the name, uh, let me tell you a little more about Azerbaijan and its people. Uh, though dominated by Zoroastrians in early times, uh, the country now uh, and since the 7th century uh, is predominantly a Muslim country. In fact, dominated by Shias, just like in Iran, which is a southern uh, neighbor. The free-flowing natural gas, which indicates the presence of deposits of oil, uh, make, and Azerbaijan has plenty of it, uh, including under the Caspian Sea on the eastern shores. So this makes Azerbaijan an oil-rich country. You know, with nearly 45 to 50 percent of its GDP coming from oil itself. So even in Soviet times, Azerbaijan was a very important source uh, of oil for the entire uh, uh, Soviet Republic. And in fact, Azerbaijan is one of the earliest places in the world where uh, uh, where oil was drilled. Oil literally floats to the surface here. And you know, when I was there, I even saw <laughs> pools of oil on the in the countryside, and the horizon is dotted with those traditional wooden uh, oil rigs. This increase in wealth uh, due to oil has fueled a very, very modern economy. Baku, the ca that's the capital city, will give you a very ultra modern feel with its tall, uh, tall buildings, clean roads, long, uh, may, uh, beautifully laid down promenades. Uh, the flame towers, that's their three glass sky skyscrapers, which are designed uh, in the shape of tongues of flame, is the modern architectural icon of the country and dominates the skyline of Baku. Uh, culturally, Azerbaijan has a rich history. Uh, it has, uh, you know, traditionally, it's been the favorite uh, invading ground for various empires throughout history. Persian, Arabian, European. Uh, even in ancient times, uh, the Norse tribes, are, uh, the Norse, that's the Norwegians, uh, tribes have, uh, are said to have passed through this area en route to Scandinavia. Azerbaijan, like Persia, uh, it was part of the Persian Empire for a long time. Has a lit uh, has a rich literary and art tradition. Uh, for example, you uh, you'll be surprised by the number of museums devoted to art and literature in Baku, and uh, literary figures are generally revered uh, a lot in Azerbaijan. For example, the city of Ganja 
uh, in fact is named after a 12th century poet nizami kanjavi he's is the most famous of all azeri literary figures one uh, interesting observation about azerbaijan uh, with nearly 97% of its population uh, islamic being following the islamic religion and most of them being shias just like iran you know one would normally expect a very traditional and conservative society however uh, at least <laughs> the outward appearance is anything but that okay and here uh, my guide tells me that no one forces religion or religious practices onto others for example uh, most of the people i met were not namazis they wouldn't follow the namaz uh, principle you know even the state uh, is not islamic uh, in in its constitution and neither is any party which is overtly islamic when you walk around baku uh, you don't get the feel of an islamic place you don't see women in burqas uh in fact uh, i've seen many instances of you know public displays of affection on on in inside baku which surprised me immensely and my guide was quite okay about the whole thing maybe this gives you a little bit of an a little bit a little bit of an idea about azerbaijan and how's the place in terms of uh, scenic beauty and nature and all of that azerbaijan from a uh, as a destination from a travelers or a tourist perspective is not very well known for its scenic beauty there is so much in terms of unique sites and cultural uh, monuments here uh, but this does not mean that it is not endowed with nature's treasures definitely not that for example when you go north of the apsheron Pen- peninsula uh, apsheron peninsula is where baku is situated on the caspian coast you will reach the greater caucasus now this extends all the way to armenia and borders russia to the north okay this 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 region is exceedingly beautiful i went there in autumn and uh, not definitely not a great time but even then the autumn colors were mesmerizing uh, in addition azerbaijan has nearly 11 national parks uh, which are supposed to be extremely beautiful uh, the tea estates in the south are also very scenic of course there's this long stretch of uh, coast along the caspian uh, along the caspian sea and of course there are many scenic resorts along this coast for a leisurely holiday hey didn't the arabs come here around the 7th century before that it was a christian country right through the middle ages so there must be many ancient churches and mosques etc around here and 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 you know more interestingly a confluence of traditions tell me about them well uh, the history of azerbaijan uh, does not have large independent kingdoms for long periods of time it's been subordinated to mainly the iranian influence uh, be it persian or islamic okay it is uh, but in the ancient past azerbaijan has been a persian country uh, even during the days of cyrus the great and we are talking about 10th or 11th century bc so it has been it has been a zoroastrian region for a long time in ancient uh, ancient times uh, but it is interesting to note that azerbaijan was a location of the ancient tribe of the caucasian albanians note this is different from the country of albania which is in the balkans okay at this time there was a brush with christianity uh, in fact uh, the first church was established here in the first century ad itself uh, and the albanian king declared uh, uh, the, his kingdom in the western part of azerbaijan as the as as a christian state in 314 ad uh, shortly after armenia that is which is the first christian state in the world uh, that happened in 310 ad but largely azerbaijan never became christian on the whole majority remains zoroastrians um in fact the albanians were dominant uh, for some time before the persians that's the sassanids uh, took over this was followed uh, by the islamic conquest in the 7th century and it has largely remained an islamic country since then but when uh, since we're talking about religion 
uh, uh, let me let me mention two interesting things out here, which I found out during my travel. Uh, one is the remnants of the Albanian Christian community. You know, after so many years, there's still a small village of Albanian Christians in. Uh, this is in the village of Udin, uh, near Kabala, which is in central Azerbaijan. This community is that they are called the Udis, and they're quite a proud community. They have retained their traditions and identity. Uh, despite the entire region going the way of Islam, uh, they also have a small church and a small community resort with a very charming museum. Uh, quite an interesting, an interesting place. Now, the second uh, amazing thing is the Red Village of uh, Guba uh, in the Greater Caucasus. Here, uh, uh, just across the river in Guba, is something called the Red Village, okay, which consists mainly of Jews. Okay, now these are the mountain Jews and they were mainly immigrants who were fleeing oppression in Iran across centuries, across the last 300, 400 years, uh, since the last 300, 400 years. It's quite interesting and the river, uh, that's the Kudyal River, seems to divide the city into two. Okay, to the right you find the Islamic city and to the left you find the Jewish village, coexisting uh, but separately. Though unfortunately today if you go there, the village is largely deserted. Uh, most of the people uh, originating from here are, are are quite prosperous merchants elsewhere in the world, mainly in Russia. But they retain a connection to this hometown, this adopted hometown of theirs, uh, through their houses, which are very beautiful and lavish. And they do come back once or twice in a year for family ceremonies like marriages, etc. Ishini, you mentioned uh, seeing a lot of oil around the place and being a very oil-rich uh, country. I heard that there's some traditional treatments here that involve bathing in crude oil. Is that true? Amazingly, yes, it is true. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Um, medical tourism is quite uh, quite the rage in Azerbaijan, at least if you go by the brochures. Uh, in fact, the city of Naftalan in central Azerbaijan is quite famous for its traditional uh, medicinal practices, uh, one of which includes bathing in crude oil. Okay, this is from the olden, from from quite quite olden days. A warning though, uh, the beneficial impacts of this treatment <laughs> of crude oil is quite dubious, uh, and it's uh, and it is suspected to be a possible carcinogen. So, but then <laughs> there are other types of treatment, including the traditional saunas, that's the hammams, and of course the mud baths from the mud volcanoes of Gobustan. Try these, crude oil, mm, no. And doubly dangerous, I'm sure, if you're a smoker who likes to have a smoke after a bath or something like that, right? The crude oil may not like it too much. But uh, um, I've heard there are some uh, fab hiking trails here. Did you go on any of them? Yes, uh, there are quite a number of good hiking trails in the north, in the mountains, uh, in the Greater Caucasus. Uh, but uh, in my case, unfortunately, due to the lack of time, uh, which I suppose is always the case, uh, I could appreciate the scenery only on road. But I'm sure it would be a great experience hiking in these regions. Uh, the mountains are quite amazing and scenic uh, when I travel through this place on road. So is it all rustic and traditional and scenic nature? Or has modernity touched and transformed parts of the country? Remember what I said earlier? Azerbaijan is a rich country, fueled by the relative abundance of oil. Hence, modernity, of course, is not left far behind. Yes, there are charming rural areas and towns, but uh, basic, dirty, rustic quality, definitely not. Baku, let's start with Baku. Baku being the capital, shows the affluence of the nation. Uh, fancy buildings include the large, uh, include the flame towers, that's shaped like three tongues of flame. Uh, buildings with uh, European-inspired architecture, 
large monuments like the Hyder Ali uh, Cultural Center, all of these abound. Uh, but there's one flip side of modernity. Okay, the rich, uh, the rich, had, uh, the rich government hates anything dirty, uh, which might include things like slums or even traditional old uh, crowded quarters. While the suburbs are neat and basic, uh, the main city is cleaned up in concrete, not as much as Singapore, but quite clean. Um, while they have preserved the old fortress region, uh, that's the old quarter as we call it in many European cities. Uh, it's called the Icheri Sher here, which means the inner city. Uh, inside, uh, though charming with cobble streets, etc., but it is spick and span, no street shops at all. Uh, hence, they lack the bustling character of uh, comparable old old towns and forts like you find in India and many parts of the Middle East. Now, uh, there are uh, these cities, these cities are, the cities other than Baku are mainly developed and planned, Soviet era style. Um, cities in addition to Baku include the cities like Ganja, Lankaran, etc. Uh, charming rustic villages, yes, there are many. Uh, they include the village of Lahik. Uh, it's an ancient village in the mountains, which is known for its uh, copper handicrafts and carpets. And then there's the village of uh, Kinalog which is high up in the Caucasus, in the Greater Caucasus. Uh, it's, an, uh, it's an ancient uh, Caucasian village, uh, still retaining its identity and traditions, uh, you know, since uh, uh, those, those hundreds of years have gone by. And of course, what I mentioned earlier, the village of the Udin Christian uh, community in Gabala. Hey, the country has a huge coastline, right? Is it the Caspian Sea? And how are the beaches, man? Yes, uh, Azerbaijan has a massive coastline along the Caspian Sea uh, uh, on, on, its, on, its eastern, on its eastern shores. Uh, or the Caspian Sea is rather a large lake. In fact, it has no outlet. So, but if you're looking at the Indian Ocean quality of, you know, golden sand beaches, uh, this is not the place for you to explore. Uh, there are many beaches and many resorts to relax, but the sand quality, oil spills and rocky outcrops uh, limit the number of good quality beaches. So yes, not your Maldives. What about the wines here? In one of our earlier conversations, you had mentioned that Georgia was great on wines. How about this region? Uh, well, uh, in ancient times, yes, and that is uh, before the common era, uh, before the development of nation states like today, remember that the entire southern Caucasus region was the birthplace of wine. Uh, however, the traditions did not continue too much further in Azerbaijan. Uh, we have to remember that in the last 1,000-1,500 years, uh, this has been a, a Muslim state largely. Okay, nevertheless, uh, there was a boost to wine production uh, in the 19th century and in the 20th century uh, under the Soviet rule uh, or the influence. Uh, even then, uh, there is no rich wine tradition like uh, like you find in Armenia or Georgia. Yes, it is. Yes, but uh, a disclaimer: it is a progressive Muslim state, and you will find wine wine shops and wine brands everywhere in the larger cities. Uh, there are quite a few uh, local brands. Uh, but n of course, nothing of the quality levels that you see in Georgia or Armenia. The quality is only reasonable, uh, more towards the feet side, unfortunately. Uh, so definitely not classy wines. Other than wine, is this uh, tea country or is it coffee? Like most Arab nations or other Persian nations, uh, tea or shai as it's called here is the preferred drink. It's the national drink. Uh, tea drinking is an integral part of Azerbaijani culture. Uh, it is drunk in the, something called the Armudu, which is basically a pear-shaped glass. Uh, and there are specific traditions around serving and drinking tea. Uh, there are new, also there are numerous chai khanas, meaning tea shops. <laughs> Quite uh, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, you'll find them all across Baku. Tell me about your trip. How long were you there, and what did you do? 
Uh, I had gone uh, with family to Georgia. Okay, I extended my trip uh, alone. Uh, they left me and came back to India. I extended it al- uh, by alone to Azerbaijan to check out the place on a familiarization trip. And what a good time I had! I was actually lucky to get an amazing guy to help me throughout the trip. And I suppose I covered most of the important sites in a very short span of one hectic week. Uh, I visited Baku, that's the capital city, and uh, the sites in the Apsheron Peninsula, that is Ateshka, uh, which we spoke about earlier, and Gobustan. Gobustan basically has amazing rock carvings and petroglyphs. Uh, in addition, I made a trip to the northern mountainous city of uh, uh, of Guba in the Greater Caucasus, which is bordering Russia. Then I proceeded westwards from Baku towards Georgia uh, on the way visiting cities of Gabala, Udin, and uh, Sheki. Uh, then after crossing Ganja, which is uh, the second largest city, I went back to Georgia via land. So here's a multiple choice question for you. What would you call this country? A. European. B. Asian. C. Both. D. Neither. Well, neither. <laughs> this is a typical Arab country. But having said that, uh, it is an amazing mix of the traditional Middle Eastern charm and a modern flashy society. Uh, the people, uh, monuments, mosques, the cultural traditions remind you of an Arab society, a Middle East society. Uh, but the free-thinking society, uh, the free-thinking culture, except for the fact that this country is actually ruled by a dictator, uh, and the Azer- and the Azeris' uh, long historical focus and interest in the arts, the scenic countryside, all of these things uh, remind you of Europe. And yes, if you spend time in the clean, posh center of Baku, it is Europe all the way. As I mentioned earlier, the biggest surprise I had uh, was the breaking or the destruction of my pre-visit impression of a strict traditional uh, Shia uh, Muslim society. Uh, the liberal, uh, the, lib- uh, the liberal attitudes was was a revelation, especially when I saw the public displays of affection uh, in Baku. And what about the culture and traditions? What's there for the culture vultures? Well, if you're interested in the arts, uh, there's so much to do here. Uh, but then, uh, frankly, that would be out of the realm or the interests of a normal traveler. Uh, there's there's so much just to give you an indication. Uh, there is there there's there, there's a stupendous 14 items from Azerbaijan, uh, which are included in the UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage List. Now this ranges from dancing styles, folk tales, music, food, uh, copper craftsmanship, uh, carpet weaving. The list goes on. Uh, the literary traditions are also quite deep. You know, firstly with the Persian influence, and then later on with the Soviet Russian influence. And there are so many famous personalities like Nizami Ganjavi, uh, who's, who's the, this Nizami Ganjavi is the most uh, respected uh, uh, literature person in Azerbaijan. Again, uh, if you are in Baku for some time, uh, make out time to go to the various uh, museums. Okay, uh, there are so many of them, uh, including the Carpet Museum. The Carpet Museum is a definite recommendation. It's superb. Uh, there's also this uh, Museum of Literature. Uh, there's a Museum of uh, Miniature Books. Or you can also opt to watch a show in the Puppet Theatre. And the Puppet Theatre is, is quite interesting. Uh, it's, it's situated on the promenade by the lovely Caspian Sea. Uh, fast, fascinating location. If not anything else, just go to the Carpet Museum. Uh, it's, you, you're definitely going to love it. Uh, the museum uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the fortress, in, uh, that is in Cheri Sheher, uh, in Shirvan Shah's palace, it's also quite interesting. Uh, do, 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 do spend some time when you go to visit the palace. 
other other interesting uh, traditions uh, to experience i include uh, the famous tea drinking traditions of azerbaijan uh, go to maybe a chai khana uh, and book a traditional uh, tea drinking session there or you can uh, go f- go and experience the saunas that's the hummams uh, of baku other than the islamic side of the cultural traditions uh, this place has azerbaijan has amazing variety you know i mentioned earlier visit ateshga uh, for the zoroastrian and indian connections uh, visit the wooden community in of albanian christians in guba or you can visit the lovely ancient uh, albanian church in sheki uh, also you could go to the uh, red uh, red village the jewish settlement uh, in guba one place i would recommend uh, for the scenic quality uh, as well as for experiencing or uh, maybe maybe buying uh, the copper craftsmanship of the small mountain village of lahik uh, in fact this is also inscribed in the unesco intangible uh, cultural heritage list uh, it is on the way when you're going from baku to uh, to gabala and it is definitely worth the diversion what about the accommodation now? is it luxury or basic or something in between are there choices available there are two aspects to this question here uh, first baku in the busy capital city are there numerous choices right from the basic airbnb to the ultra luxurious uh, however my personal preference uh, is to stay in a 3 or a 4 star hotel uh, within uh, the icheri sher that's the old inner city uh, for me rather than uh, rather than luxury or the star quality a location is is far more important on my travels But outside of Baku, the accommodation options can be quite limited. Of course, there are plenty of resorts on the Caspian Sea in the ski region of the northern mountains near Guba. Uh, that's that's the resorts. Okay, but uh, hotel options uh, in uh, towns or maybe villages, whatever you call them, uh, like Guba, uh, Gabala, and Sheki, would be slightly limited. But definitely, decent three to four star options are always available. Tell me about the food. Ah, this is a favorite topic. Uh, Breads. of course different varieties different types and meat kebabs are the national obsessions meat that is grilled kebab of course is quite dominant across the country uh, but <laughs> the local azeri can survive only on bread with nothing else uh, like i and my guide did when we were traveling long distances and didn't have the time but remember but we have to remember uh, that the food can can be common across the caucasus that is georgia uh, azerbaijan and armenia for example uh, the bread uh, dolma kebabs etc dolma is basically minced uh, minced meat uh, wrapped in wine leaves of course uh, the kebabs and the breads are the persian influence another staple uh, is the pilav uh, that is a persian pilav or biryani or pulao as we call it in india one special food that i have to mention is the piti Uh, which is a broth cum dish okay uh, i suspect it is somewhat similar to the khashi which is the hangover dish of georgia uh, but then i did not get the chance to try out the khashi in georgia now coming back to the piti the piti is a rich meat dish with a specific manner of cooking and eating of course uh, often cooked in in earthen cups slightly large uh, with mutton uh, vegetables uh, saffron water uh, and yes a lump of animal fat okay then the the, the cup is then sealed with bread and heat it up okay uh, the cup is then open in front of you on your table and there's a two stage process of enjoying it first uh, you crumble some bread on an additional plate you put some spices over it then you pour the broth from the cup over it and you consume it as a uh, as as a kind of soup rich soup secondly uh, you after after the after this is done uh, you you pour in a little more bread on the same plate and the remainder of the piti including the lump of fat the meat the vegetables etc is poured over this you sprinkle it with the same spices uh, you know and mix it so to break down the bread and then eat it needless to say 
you have to have a brave <laughs> and healthy uh, heart to enjoy uh, pithi uh, the preparation is different uh, in different parts of azerbaijan basically the spices which are added uh, i had it in baku and a much different one uh, in sheki talking lastly talking about sweets uh, the arab baklava is the most common you'll find it everywhere okay this is the rich dessert which is full of dry fruits uh, the second dish uh, famous dish is uh, shekhar bura uh, it's basically almost like the karanji which we find in maharashtra india even in karnataka it's basically sugar spices and dry fruits are wrapped in dough and they are fried uh, the dough is crescent shaped and it's uh, pinched in a pattern to close the filling now this dish is mainly prepared during the main festival of azerbaijan that's the festival of novruz Uh, yes, this is the same Novruz uh, celebrated by Parsis in India. I recently heard some news about strife in the region. Is it safe to travel around? Ah, yes. Uh, the constant. This is the constant old India-Pak type uh, conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Uh, the problem is quite complex, and honestly, I have frank, I have not understood it at all. Uh, but it does lead to constant and violent rivalries or clashes between the two nations. it flares up in the small wars every now and then and this is what happened recently as well uh, but as far as travelers are concerned there's no issue of safety either in armenia or in azerbaijan the trouble is in the border areas quite far from the main tourist locations except of course if you're traveling nearer to the border which would be quite rare but yes uh, the in, uh, the enmity means that you cannot cross over from armenia to azerbaijan and vice versa for example i traveled to azerbaijan after georgia okay and the last stop was supposed to be armenia Uh, but then i was forced i could not cross over from azerbaijan directly to armenia i was forced to travel back to georgia and then cross over to armenia and in fact at the armenia border i was stopped for an extra half an hour because there was an azerbaijani stamp on my passport and they had a couple of more questions for me what were the top 3 highlight experiences in your journey through the place top 3 okay Uh, first is Ateshka that's the fire temple as i said earlier Ateshka means the house of fire in persian azerbaijan in fact gets a tag of line from this place that's the land of fire uh, the temple was an ancient holy center for the zoroastrians and most probably this region was the birthplace of the zoroastrian faith when i first ent- entered the temple i honestly did not know much about it beyond just being a fire temple of the zoroastrians uh, very ordinary i said okay uh, here go here goes Uh, but Ateshka has been recently renovated, and the government has converted it, uh, converted the temple into a knowledge center of sorts, uh, with a small museum and displays, including uh, human-like, human-sized mannequins, uh, to showcase the history of the monument and the region. Uh, I had multiple surprises during this visit. First, on the main monument, I found Sanskrit-like inscriptions along with Persian and Urdu. Okay. Further, in one of the rooms, I saw a statue of the Nataraja. then uh, to my amazement i also saw mannequins of indian sages and turbaned men most probably uh, looking like sikhs okay and in the last room to my amazement again i heard sanskrit mantras that is uh, om namah shivaya and om ganpate namaha being narrated by by statues of sadhus okay this 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 just blew my mind Uh, through the notes in the museum and the displays uh, i learned that uh, in the 16th and 17th centuries hindu worshipers of shiva and ganesha had settled there permanently uh, fire being important from a hinduism perspective as well 
Now these worshippers were very devout and practiced extreme forms of devotion and self-denial. Some inscriptions in Gurumukhi uh, in the place also attest to the presence of Sikh followers in the temple as well. Now these Indian devotees rebuilt the ancient temple of the Zoroastrians and what we see today is the remnants of this 16th 17th century construction. Understanding this bit of history um, and it came as a surprise and the Indian connection uh, was an amazing experience for me. In my travels I always look for the Indian connection in any place and I had quite inadvertently found this in Ateshka and I was so happy about this. One more thing to mention about uh, about this place is Yanardag. Uh, that's a burning mountain uh, in this region itself. Now, since gas literally leaks from the ground here, there's a small uh, hill nearby which burns continuously, fueled by this gas coming from the ground. If you go there in the late evening, uh, the specter of the blue burning mountain is awesome. Okay, now the second highlight, Shekhi. Now, this is the a beautiful town in Western Azerbaijan. It's called Shekhi, uh, with uh, with the Khan's palaces in the Nukha fortress. The summer palace of the Shekhi Khan, and that is the Shan Saravi, it's called. Uh, it's a small affair, but quite mesmerizing. You know, you, they've got the stained glass, glass facades, okay, stained glass with different colors, and this creates a fantastic lighting effect inside the inside the palace. Uh, the, the the rooms on the top, that's the residence of the Khan. They're beautifully decorated with floral designs and many murals inspired by various folk tales and, and uh, folk tales and poems of Nizami Ganjavi. Okay, we might recognize some of them, you know, like Laila Majnu. Uh, note, uh, one thing most, uh, what we have to note is one thing, one thing most travelers miss out on is the Winter Palace. Okay, it's just a small distance away, a little outside the fort, uh, quite similar to the Summer Palace and may not be as grand, uh, but it is equally beautiful uh, with the stained glass facade and the murals so the same effect but the best part is that photography is allowed in this one not so famous so it's allowed uh, while this is not done allowed in the summer palace i just have beautiful pictures of this place now my third highlight was baku i simply loved baku i had stayed within the fortress that's in icheri shahar and it is so charming Though, unfortunately, the lack of old street shops and, and the atmosphere was a little disconcerting. But then it's okay. Uh, in Within Echerishar, the visit to the palace of Shirvansha and the museum inside it was fascinating. Uh, for, furthermore, one more thing, uh, just on the fort, bo fort borders is a single tower called the Medan Tower. Okay, uh, a tall structure. It is an iconic symbol of old Baku. Uh, though there are debates of what the purpose of the tower is, you know, they're, 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 nobody knows what the real purpose was okay but they have various folk tales uh, folk tales which talk about the importance of the star you know you visit the tower climb up you'll have a lovely 360 degree panoramic view of the city of baku it's quite amazing uh, one one thing i enjoyed a lot about baku was was the ability to just take a walking tour you know uh, the streets are modern um, but with a distinct european charm uh, maybe because of the architecture and it is a pleasure just walking around you know you go go through the different places and you end your walk at the, at the beautiful and maybe seemingly endless promenade by the Caspian Sea uh, if possible uh, you can play chess here on large pieces of uh, uh, drawn on a, on large pieces drawn on a massive uh, chessboard drawn in the footpath here what are the must do experiences in Azerbaijan that everyone must definitely do Okay, must do, uh, definitely, Baku, uh, the Ateshgarh Temple and Gobustan. 
all three are in the apsheron peninsula which juts out into the caspian sea um, same region hence easy to cover if you spend even if you spend 3 4 days in azerbaijan baku and the temple of ateshga i've already spoken about but what is gobistan now there are two amazing uh, places in gobistan uh, first is the opportunity to see the ancient petroglyphs or rock carvings uh, in gobistan over this protected area uh, there are apparently 6000 rock carvings with the age ranging from 5000 to 20000 years old okay there is there is an informative museum at the site which i quite liked another interesting site in gobistan is the mud volcanoes what are these now these are small landforms uh, which are created by an eruption or coming out of mud slurry and gases from the ground that is uh, why volcanoes because you got mud instead of lava coming out the the soil here is quite clay and it is a delight to watch the gas slowly erupt from the ground bringing up mud though this phenomenon of mud volcanoes is not unique to azerbaijan and it's found in many places in the world this but this place has nearly 300 of the 700 mud volcanoes in the world uh, mud volcanoes are usually small 1 to meters across you know that's what i saw but apparently larger mud volcanoes which are you know hundreds of meters high and kilometers across are also found what are the must do for travelers that most tourists unfortunately don't do well uh, there are many things that tourists don't do in azerbaijan simply put most tourists end up spending 3 4 days uh, in baku in the apsheron peninsula only they did not venture out to the rest of the treasures of azerbaijan which is a pity because there's so much to see beyond okay first first uh, let me let me try and put it first is uh, is kuba uh, in the north in the greater caucasus I mentioned earlier a small charming town is particularly soft uh, sought after in winter for the ski resorts but you can ignore that go to the town uh, also here a bonus of of the visit is the unique uh, village of the mountain jews the red settlement which we spoke about earlier second uh, is the beautiful city of sheki uh, with with the khan's uh, summers and winter summer and winter palaces these are beautiful buildings and not to be missed third a small thing uh, is about the udin community these are the last representatives of the caucasian albanians who dominated the country before the common era i went here unplanned my guide just took me there as he thought i would be interested it is not an itinerary uh, just outside kabala the city of kabala uh, is this place called chikur kabala that is the ancient fortress of the caucasian albanians all are merely ruins now bad ruins actually but there are some interesting archaeological excavations in the fort Uh, interestingly and uh, this is uh, funded by the japanese uh, just just nearby this fort is the inhabited settlement of udin um, where a small community of uh, uh, christians called the udi and supposedly descended from the caucasian albanians okay udin has a small but charming church and they have a small uh, nearby they have a small museum kum resort Uh, visiting this settlement was quite quite interesting quite interesting for me uh, with the museum uh, giving an insight into the Udin way of life in the recent past that's the last 100 200 years or so talking about udis uh, let me tell you i need to tell one small interesting thing that i saw here okay as we are getting outside the resort uh, we i i noticed a wall with a lot of letters pasted there on inquiry uh, it turned out it turned out to be quite an interesting story Uh, the letters are all addressed to one miss uh, let me say esmira gangalyan 
okay uh, during the 1970s uh, du- during that's during the soviet rule esmera an wooden resident of this village uh, was suffering from a terminal illness so she wrote a small article which is published in the baku newspapers uh, wherein she expressed a desire to speak to people through letters as she was feeling lonely and could not travel herself uh the response was unexpected humongous with with you know hundreds of letters coming from different parts of the soviet republic which was sent to her uh, as asmira was disabled due to the illness and was quite talented i think she was a songwriter or a composer uh she tragically died of her illness shortly uh, but her brother kept all the letters she received and the articles that she wrote and the same is now displayed at the sudin center you know it's so interesting how in this in in, in that age of uh, without television or the internet how one small compassionate cause became viral i love this nice little story and found it quite quite moving now that's an interesting story and what an experience man are there any more such that you came across uh, while traveling around azerbaijan yes there is one more uh, when i was in when i was in sheki uh, remember i spoke about the sheki khan palaces uh, just on the outskirts of sheki is an old church uh, known as the kish albanian church Uh, the church is no longer used for prayer and the caretaker in fact is an ethnic azerbaijani muslim uh, maintained more as a museum uh, one interesting part of the museum is the massive skeleton found in the tomb uh, beneath the church maybe this justifies the legend of the powerfully built albanians in those days uh, interestingly uh, outside the church in the village street uh, i i found a bust of a foreign gentleman uh, who, was na- who was named uh, thor hairdal my guide said that he was a norwegian but wow <laughs> what the hell so when i went when i went in through the display notes in the church museum i found out this very interesting story uh this gentleman thor hairdal uh, he 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 was a norwegian adventurer and ethnographer ethnographer meaning it's a branch of anthropology which deals uh, which deals with individual cultures bases his observations on the similarity between the rock carvings of gobistan remember we spoke about the petroglyphs earlier and those found in his native norway uh, he built an interesting theory that you know the ancient uh, norwegians or uh, the scandinavians for that matter had actually come from azerbaijan or through azerbaijan in fact he quotes uh, the ancient myths back in his homeland uh, about the norse god odin uh, who was supposed to have come from a region called azer which is linked to azerbaijan okay while uh, hairdal's theories have not withstood uh, scientific scrutiny it is nevertheless quite interesting and obviously the azerbaijanis are quite impressed enough uh, to put up his bust uh, to commemorate his visit to the kish church most probably as a part of his explorations what is an ideal itinerary for an immersive experience in azerbaijan and how many days would that take Seven eight days should be enough to cover the highlights of Azerbaijan, you know, at a leisurely pace. You can check out the seven day itinerary on our website. Uh, this would basically cover Baku, Ateshka, Gobistan, Gabala, and Sheki. Uh, this would miss out on Guba, uh, but that that would take a couple of days extra. Of course, uh, normally travelers would like to combine countries in the Caucasus in a single in a single trip. Uh, many combine all three countries uh, in a trip of ten to twelve days, sometimes lesser. But I feel I feel this is way too hectic, and it might be wise to combine. uh only two of the three countries if time if the time is limited to 10 to 12 days uh, considering the political situation con- con- combining azerbaijan and armenia is of course not feasible and we have to combine azerbaijan with georgia or alternatively you can combine it with turkey as well any tips for folks planning or maybe even thinking of a trip there plan well don't think of only baku yes it is the star attraction uh, but restricting a visit only to the capital city and its surroundings is missing out on the treasures of this wonderful country 
most probably people as i said earlier people will end up combining countries uh, well unless you do all three countries one would not ideally combine azerbaijan with armenia uh, the usual is a combination of georgia in case you plan this you could actually travel by road uh, visiting the towns of gavala and sheki and then enter the wine country of khakheti in georgia in fact there's also an option for an overnight train from baku to tbilisi um, as regards visas visas are on arrival not as problematic as the georgian visas in fact it's quite an easy country to visit nothing nothing special you will you will in fact enjoy azerbaijan a lot thanks shini thanks for dropping by to chat with us on azerbaijan thanks for tuning in to the don't trip on the usual travel podcast from beyond experiences till the next episode take care stay safe and whatever else you do don't trip on the usual <laughs>